Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Joanne and I am your facilitator and step guide for this workshop. Please take a moment to settle yourself, come together, closing our eyes with the uh, set-aside prayer. Calling on that spirit, please. Set aside everything I think I know about myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path and you. Please open my heart, please open my mind and allow me to have a brand new experience with myself with my brokenness, with my spiritual path, and especially with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that moment. The set aside prayer, we set aside what we think we know opening our hearts and minds for a brand new experience. And I hope to encourage that in everyone who's here today. A reminder that this is a big book workshop. This is not a 12-step meeting of any kind. We are not affiliated with any of the 12-step fellowships. However, we do try to follow the spirit of the 12 traditions. We only wish to be helpful. This workshop is being recorded and I'd like to take a moment now to come to our greeter. Welcome, Justine. Welcome. Hello, my name is Justine and I am your greeter here today. If you open up the Zoom chat, you will see a welcome pack, which I'm about to post. This is free to download and includes information about this workshop, links and other helpful podcasts. If you have, are having any technical difficulties or have any other questions, please let me know in the chat. For those of you on the telephone today, this welcome pack is also available on our website, www.bigbookworkshop.com. Thank you, Justine. Thank you so much. So Justine is the greeter. If you have questions, if you're new, so we had a few new people, Justine is the one to talk to. So you can open up the chat and ask her, hey, can I have the welcome pack and she'll email it to you or send it to you in the chat or she'll be talking to you. So today for me is the 8th of February, 2024, and this is week five of the workshop. We're coming together today on the plan. It says the AA history, like the history of the big book and the history of program. I'm not a history uh, buff. Um, there are people that know a lot more than me. There, There's actually um, AA history groups and people study it. This is, this is people's passion, their focus. Looking at the history of the book and the history of the program and how those two are the same and how they are different, that's very interesting to me. And what I mean by that is... Um, there is a podcast and I'm going to link it in the homework. It goes for eight minutes. It's by Joe and Charlie. And what they do in that podcast is they talk about the difference. They talk about the difference between 
the AA program and the big book, the program that's in the big book. This is my big book. What happened in the early days is that the meetings were new and it was the same. The pro when you went to the meetings and you heard about the program of AA, it was all the one thing and they wrote, but they started to see as the groups were traveling and the groups were small, that the program was changing. The meanings of the words were changing and, and what sponsees were doing to sponsor, like the, even the word sponsor isn't in the big book. So they saw that the program that you got when you went to a meeting was different, was starting to change. And so they sat down and they started to write this big book. And the beauty of this book here, Bill W. was the primary author. He, he wrote most of it, but he submitted it for group conscience. He submitted it to doctors, doctor, the different medical professionals, different uh, religious professionals, and the members that had significant sobriety. At that time, it was six months or more. So they had a group conscience review each of the chapters. And they made decisions I wouldn't have agreed with, all of them, but they came together and they did the work. They were the early members and what they were trying to record was this program. What is the program that got us sober? If we want this program to still be around in a 100 years, what is this program? What is it? And they wrote the big book as a, an effort to create and capture the program of recovery. Talking about that history, I've got some forms, to, uh, some worksheets to put on the screen. Let me just jump onto this one here. This picture is in the Way of Life document. This picture comes from uh, Herb and he's written it down, reflecting the different influences that came together for 1935, that uh, book the writing of the book. The Oxford group was this first century Christianity. How do we help people to have a transformation? And they were helping people recovering from grief, from divorce, from the loss of a child or life. How do we help people to get connected to a spiritual center and to stay connected? And they had six steps and um, it was based around this conversion. And Roland Hazard, Roland Hazard joined the um, Oxford group. And apparently, I don't think he ever joined the AA. I might be wrong. That's why I don't want to talk too much about it. You can read about it and study. But Bob was part of the Oxford group. Bob was part of the, uh, Dr. Bob was drinking every day. And he was part of the Oxford group. He would go there. He studied. He meant well. He was he was an educated man. He was a practicing doctor. He had a wife and kids, and he had everything to live for. But he couldn't stop drinking. And then you have Bill Wilson, who came through the medical um, path. His doctor was Dr. Silkworth who talked to him about powerlessness. Dr. Silkworth said, Bill, I'm watching you and it looks like you have an allergy. It looks, it behaves like an allergy. When you have, when I have 
for me, I'm allergic to cats. I love cats. But if I'm around a cat, my eyes swell up, my my face, um, my breathing passages close up, and I'm itchy and my throat is itchy and my, my skin is itchy. I'm allergic to cats. And Dr. Silkworth is saying it's like you have an allergic reaction. When you have alcohol, you're you're not breaking out in hives, you're breaking out in this phenomenon of craving. You crave more. And Dr. Silkworth described it, the fatal disease, the phenomenon of craving. He talked about the obsession. And the, in the middle here, you have Carl Jung. And the story there, how special is this? Roland Hazard was very a wealthy man. And uh, his family were concerned about him because of his drinking. And so they sent Roland Hazard to see um, Freud. They wanted him to go see Freud. And Freud said, oh, no, 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 I'm too busy. <laughs> Freud was too busy. And what a gift that was because, and Freud said, my one of my protégés is Carl Jung. Go see him. And what an, a grace that is. Or that was. Carl Jung, unlike Freud, Carl Jung had a spiritual background. He was open to the influence of a spiritual connection. And he tried. He worked with Roland Hazard for about a year. And he and Roland was sober. And on the boat going back home, he got drunk. And he turned around and went back to Carl Jung and said, hey, what's going on? And Carl Jung said, and this is the story, so I don't know how much is real, but the story goes that Carl Jung said to Roland Hazard, I have been trying to create a spiritual transformation, a spiritual experience in you. Carl Jung said, in the type of alcoholic that you are, we have never seen anyone recover. Here and there throughout history, people have recovered, have changed, and they have had a spiritual transformation. So Carl Jung was open to the influence of spirit and said to Roland Hazard, you're going to need to find a spiritual connection. And Roland Hazard said, I'll go back to church. And Carl Jung said, no, you weren't listening. A spiritual connection, it's you're not necessarily going to find that through a religion or a church. You're going to need to keep your heart open, the set-aside prayer, set aside what you think you know. Carl Jung didn't say it in those words, but Roland Hazard went back home. He went to the church of his family, and in the basement they were having a group of Oxford, Oxford group meeting, and Roland Hazard went, and that was that beginning. He passed the message on to Ebby Thatcher, who passed the message on to Bill W. Bill W. meets Dr. Bob in Akron, Ohio, Bill W. was about to pick up, and instead of picking up, he walked through the lobby of that hotel and he called a random person. He called a random church and said, hey, I'm a member of the Oxford group and I need to find a drunk. I need to talk to a drunk. 
He's needing community. I need to be of service. I am sober six months and I need to talk to someone. And through that, he first spoke to Henrietta Cyberling, this woman. And she was in the Oxford group and she had been praying for Bob Smith. She had been using the Oxford group methods herself to overcome sadness and, and issues with divorce and probably lots of personality issues. So she was there and she was having her own transformation and she was praying for Bob, Bob Smith, and Bill turns up. And when Bill calls her, she says on the phone, she says, Bill, I've been waiting for you. She had such faith that she was ready. When Bill called, she checked him out first to check he was a real person like our Zoom security. She, she checked him out and then said, right, I want you to turn up tomorrow and we'll arrange a meeting with Bob. And so Dr. Bob turns up and, and they meet and and they form a friendship and a bond and a community within, within themselves that lasted for the rest of their lives. And their passion and their drive for transforming the lives of alcoholics, that was their focus, their primary purpose. So last week, we started talking about steps. Well, last week we were talking about step 10. We're doing the topic of our way of life. And it starts with step 12, having had a spiritual awakening. And we talk about that. Then it moves into step 11, prayer and meditation. What does meditation actually mean? When you go to a 1930s dictionary, the word meditation means to consider to think. And that's what they were doing. They were thinking, consider the day ahead. They were asking for help. That's the prayer. And then they were thinking, sitting in thought. I like to phrase it. And if you're writing things down, I say to sit in the power of an unanswered question. That's how I meditate. I think. I think on something, I consider. And then uh, as we're going through our way of life, we finish looking at step 10. And I talk to you about memorizing. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and come together and see how have you done on memorizing? Number one, so the 10th step, there are four parts. Do you remember what the first part was? Can you say, tell it to me? Do you know? I will ask you, number one, put your hands up if you know what it is. Hey, number one, pray. And we do that differently. Remember the grace of having this worldwide community. People do that differently. But are you pausing? When I work with newcomers, I just say, it's just pausing. Did you pause? That's enough. We don't have to understand it. But did you stop? Did you pause? That's the prayer. So the first thing of a 10th step is to pray. Number two, do you remember? Everyone, hands up if you remember. I'm not going to call on you, but just wave at the screen. So one is to pray. And it's wonderful to see these hands going up. Two is to, what is to tell someone? I have to, I have to, I forget. Pray. Tell someone. Tell someone immediately. 
And it says it in the book. Tell someone immediately. Number three, make them, yay, thank you. Number three, make amends if we have caused harm. And number four, turn our thoughts to helping others. Those are the four parts to a 10th step. And over this workshop, I will be gently encouraging you to memorize them so that you can hopefully have access to them when your heart is racing and your hands are shaking and you are feeling overwhelmed. For me, I move my, I go like one, pray. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Tell someone, hey, I'm having an emotion. Three, make amends if I've caused harm. I'm sorry I, I yelled. I'm sorry I was impatient. And then turn our thoughts to helping others. So we look for methods of being of service. Those members that turned up early today and are doing uh, Zoom security or service, they're being of service. We need people to turn up to do service for this workshop to stay alive. We need you. So we look at step 10. Now, do you notice the step 10 that I'm telling you, the step 10 that is in this big book, and I showed you the page and we read it and we saw the paragraph, do you notice that that step 10 is different than if you go to a meeting and someone tells you that you do a 10th step at night? Do you see that the program that is being handed down from sponsor to sponsee, sponsor to sponsee, and let's not forget the influence of those treatment centers, you do you know, just go to 30 meetings and you'll be fine. Do 90 meetings in 90 days and you'll be fine. The program of recovery has been changing. And so what we're doing in these big book meetings is coming back to the program that was around at the beginning of AA. This is the program that they were doing, whether... Whether, do you know what, even if it wasn't what Bill W. was doing, it's what was written in the big book. And that is that group conscience, divine spirit that came in and this is what's here and it works. The 10th step is designed to help us when we get off beam because I get off beam all the time. It's a spot check inventory that can help you when you are quite fragile. You will be feeling emotional. So I do a nightly review and I talk to my sponsor and say, hey, something came up in my nightly review. Can I talk to you about it? That's how I do it. The nightly review is my 11th step. And I don't care what people call it, but it's interesting to see how the program has been changing. The program that you meet in the rooms is different to the program that was written down in that big book. And that's why they did it, to try to capture the program of recovery as it was in the beginning. What was happening in those early days that was helping them to get recovery? Now, um, on the screen, you'll see this picture. Uh, this is actually some embassy. I think it's like Brazil or somewhere like that. And when I Googled 
in land landscape architecture, is anyone here a landscape architect or know what gardening is? And they have this whole thing and it's called the desire line. Do you see they have made a path that goes down this way, but do you see this path that goes this way here? These paths, and then in fact, even Google Maps, because you can look, I looked it up, you can go to Google Maps and see this from the sky from a long distance away, you can see these pathways that people have trod. And in fact, I don't know if you can see my mouse, but you can see there are actually some people right now walking on this picture and um, and they're not on the path that the architects wanted them to go on. They are making their own path. What this is called, here's another picture that might be a bit easier. This is what happens every time you tell the story. Every time you tell a story, you're, you're killing the grass. You are making a path in your mind that might not even be true. As I told you last week, when we are emotional, we're not very good at thinking. I add two plus two together and I get 32. When I am emotional, I'm not very good at processing logic. And so I end up on a path like this. It's not the, it's not healthy. And so when we work, we do this work, we practice letting go of the story. And emotionally, we're pretty invested to our stories. When you start studying, I'm going to stop the screen share. When you start studying, when we get into the step work, you'll have the perceived role and the real role. How many people have done the workshop before, maybe with me or with someone else? It's a few people, all right? You'll learn about the perceived role. That's that pathway we just saw that, that goes through the grass. Every time you tell the story, you're creating a path in the grass. So what we do when we are recovering is we practice to stop telling the story. Don't say why you are disturbed. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you are disturbed. Okay? When at night you can rest and you're in your own place, you do a nightly review, it might become more clear to you why you are disturbed. You write about it, you reflect about it, and then maybe you talk in sponsorship and you say to them, something came up in my nightly review, can I talk to you about it? And in sponsorship, you reflect. But when you are disturbed, practice not telling the story. That is the biggest thing to take away from today. Let me just do a quick of the homework so so just a reminder assignment number two you are needing to read the big book up to the doctor's opinion so have you been doing that if not you want to start doing that right away okay this is assignment two but your only homework is to catch up to feel ready to go with forward with the rest of the work and to listen to the joe and charlie tape eight minutes you can do it that's it Okay, I'll write that up and send it out. So we'll we'll change the homework. For the rest of today, I'd like to have a, a guided discussion. So was there an example where you were in a meeting and you were not called on?
um, bigger than that. I was not um, included in a group. All right. So picture yourself. When did this happen? Was it morning, noon or night? Was it an evening meeting? When when did it happen? Um, it was a daytime meeting. Okay. A daytime meeting. Was it six months ago, a week ago, six years ago? In the fall. So or a couple of months ago. Yes. Okay. So a couple of months ago. Now put yourself in that meeting and you were excluded. You were rejected. How do you feel? left out ignored yeah you feel disturbed right yes just yeah. oh i was disturbed yeah yeah so i'm disturbed so do you live with anyone in your house yes all right is that your partner yes my husband okay so your heart's beating your hands are shaking you've just been rejected yes he's in the room with you or you go out to the kitchen to have a cup of coffee and and you you see him there and you say I'm feeling disturbed. That was a pretty sad meeting. I, I I feel pretty disturbed. You don't tell him because they didn't include me, because they're all horrible, because they did this and this and this. Don't tell him why. What if they ask? It doesn't matter. You don't tell him. Just so he's asking you. You've, you've, you've trained him on how to talk to you. Okay. You need, we start training people on how to talk to us differently. Okay. It's like when you start changing, when you start changing, you let go of gossiping and people say, but, but what if they start gossiping around me? It's like, well, you leave the room. What, what can you do when you make a commitment to let go of gossip? What are you willing to do? a point you wanted to make uh yes ma'am uh it it may be really tough the first time like joe said i don't know or i haven't figured it out yet but thank you for your concern anything like that but after the first time or two i told my husband i said look i don't need you to fix it i just need you to hear me and so now i can say hey i'm feeling really anxious and he'll say all right, darling, you know, he he doesn't ask why or nothing. He just, he's used to it by now. So it will get better. It will get different. That's all I was thinking, Miss Joe. Thank you. The thing is, claiming your emotion straight away. So by the time you've had some space and you're having conversation with your sponsor, hopefully she can guide you through how to do a fourth step. Right. Right. And if not, we're going to learn how to do it in this workshop. So you're going to learn how to let it go. It is not okay that months and months after the event, you're still disturbed. Does that make sense to everyone? That's why we have the fourth step and we do it this method so that you can let it go. The perceived role is I am the rejected woman. That is the path that you're walking through the grass. I was the rejected woman. The real role on the concrete might be I am the woman that places myself in harm's way. I am the woman that neglects my self-care. I am the woman that turns up to unhealthy group consciences. The real role is going to be different. There's, there's going to be some other truth. It's not that you weren't rejected. 
It's not that it's fair. It's not fair. It's not good. It's not healthy behavior. But that's a walkway through the path, through through the grass. Um, when this workshop gets up to step four, you'll learn uh, and you'll practice and we'll do it together. All right. The okay. real role is probably going to be something along the lines of I am the woman who abandons myself. So you're in this group. Why are you there? Like, it doesn't sound very healthy. Would I have stayed there? Would your sponsor have stayed there and put up with that behavior? I don't know. So the real role will be something different. And I don't know what that is. You have to do the work to find it. You made a comment that it's wonderful. I, I am the woman who abandons myself. I don't know what that means. Could you just comment for a moment on it? Yeah, it's a really powerful comment. I I normally don't throw that at people so early in the workshop. How did you feel when I said it? Shocked. Yeah. But I I feel like I've never really had a voice. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's a story. Be careful. Listen. Write, write that down, what you just said. I feel like I've never had a voice. Write it down. That is the story through, that is the path through the grass. That's a story. And every time you tell that story, you're treading on the grass and the grass won't grow. I want to get off the grass. Get off the grass. Because I know it keeps you in victimhood. I, I do know that part of it. I have, it. Learned, I have learned some things, but I don't know what that means to abandon yourself. If you're going to a meeting and there are unhealthy people dominating that meeting, the question isn't with them. They're just being themselves. The question is with you. What are you doing going to that meeting? There is a worldwide fellowship out there, wonderful, healthy meetings. The issue is that we continue to place ourselves in harm's way. What do you say to that? I've never heard it before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we feel the story is that I'm the victim. The reality might be that I don't protect myself, that I don't, that I abandon myself. It doesn't mean that in the past I wasn't terrorized, that I wasn't harmed, that bad things do happen. They do. It doesn't matter. I know. It doesn't matter. Today, I am a grown woman who doesn't protect myself. So so you we get to that when we do the fourth step. Right now we're just sort of gently be very gentle but we're gently introducing this perspective and this topic and and learning how to be different. And the skills you need to start with are steps 10, 11 and 12. Practice okay. doing, practice talking to it's wonderful that you have a partner that you live with. Now, don't tell him what the rules are and then his job is to follow your new rules. No. He knows the stories. Yeah, <laughs> just stop telling him the stories. <laughs> okay. It's not up to your partner to maintain your boundaries to stop no. you from gossiping. It's right. up to us to practice and you get to practice with him. That's wonderful. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've got some new lens on. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. I just want to say, first of all, I'm very grateful 
to this teaching and to you and everyone here. Um, I get why I shouldn't be telling my story. I believe, I think I understand. And it's because I get stuck in the drama of that and stay in the problem. But that's not what I wanted to say. I don't understand. My question is, um, I don't understand brokenness. I, I feel resistance when I hear the prayer. I love the prayer until I hear brokenness. And if God created me, why am I broken? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, having a resistance to that word broken, uh, people in this room will have resistance to many words and um, just holding on to that resistance. Today, what, what fellowship are you in, Lisa? Adult children and um, AA and LMI. Okay. And, and yeah, so do you recognize an area in your life where you maybe don't put it together in a healthy way? Oh, totally. The unmanageability, sure. Yeah, so that is what we're focusing on. And you have a resistance to the word broken, but people have resistance to the word God. People have resistance to the word he. People have resistance to the word unmanageable. It's 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 just finding your way through the language to get to the heart of, of your recovery. Okay. Sitting with the resistance, it's in, it's interesting that you're resisting. That's interesting. I would do a third and fourth column on it. Thank you. Um, when you said, um, I, so, well, I put it as I'm a mother who puts myself in harm's way. Up until you said that, I didn't realize that's what I was. I have a daughter. I got back from a trip a week ago. She hasn't contacted me. I'm like, I'm going to call her and find out what's her problem. You know, da, 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 da. And I just realized if I do that, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm putting myself in harm's way because I already know what the outcome is going to be. You know, it's always, well, you, you know, well, you could have called me first and, you know, just this back and forth thing. And it's like, why? And, and also about not protecting myself. See, I'm willing to, to not protect myself and go into that, that area with her when I shouldn't even be doing it. You know, so thank you. I I I got that putting myself in harm's way, and I'm learn. I, I'm gonna learn. I'm learning not to do that anymore. Yeah, that's really so. With family, it's hard to navigate. How mm -hmm. do I show love for a daughter? How old is your daughter? Thirty. Right. Does she have family of her own? Yes, she has three kids. Okay, and how far away do they live? About fifteen minutes. Okay. And you've been away on holidays and you got back about a mm -hmm. week ago and she hasn't contacted you. And I reached out to her a few times by text and she hasn't responded. So, okay. Yeah. So you've done what, that's what I was going to say. You need to be able to send love. So have you done the workshop before? Yes. I just completed it. Yeah. So, but I didn't complete some... all the steps. I left off at step four, which I'm trying to complete. Yeah, well, maybe just have a rest. Allow yourself to have a rest from the step work because mm -hmm. this workshop will be doing the step. Whatever you got done, you got done. Whatever okay. you didn't get done, let it go. Oh, okay. And this workshop will get back into the step work and then you'll catch what you missed. Okay. If All you right. didn't get it done, there's a resistance. You weren't ready. Just, just wait. Okay, thank you. Yeah, just allow yourself to heal 
Doing mm-hmm. step work is um, like surgery and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with your daughter, when someone that we love, we don't have the relationship that we want and they're mm-hmm. rejecting us and, and it's that kind of she doesn't respond to me and I want a different relationship, but it is what it is and our heart breaks. Mm-hmm. For me, I recommend people do the methodology of um, when you're doing a ninth step but the person is is no longer with us. You write a letter to them even though they're never you never read it to them, mm-hmm. but you write a letter and say, hey, I love you. I wish you well. I miss you. I I wish that we had a stronger relationship. Mm. And here, let me tell you about my holidays. I and and the, the what I wish for you and your kids and and my grandkids. Mm. And send your love to them mm-hmm. in a letter. Mm-hmm. Never post it and never just right. maybe read it to a sponsor. What we need to do as human beings is to release that volcano I was talking about. Mm. We need to release uh, the mm. emotions right? so that when your daughter is in front of you, mm-hmm. you don't vomit on front, in fr- on top of her, hey, why don't right. you call me? You never, da, 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 da. And all the negativity will come out mm-hmm. because you've been holding on to all of that emotion. So I would recommend that you write a letter okay. um, and talk, read it out to your sponsor. Mm-hmm. And if that letter helps you to cry, like what's mm-hmm. happening now, mm-hmm. that's perfect. Okay. Okay. You want to allow that emotion to come out so right. that so that when the gift or the universe has it that she is in front of you, mm-hmm. you've released the energy and you're able to just accept her and not badger her for what right. she's, you know, she's not doing She's not responding to you. That's not healthy. Mm. It tells me she's probably not a very healthy person right now. And so my love goes to those children. Mm-hmm. They yeah. need help and she needs help. Yeah. And they need a grandmother who's healthy. Okay, thank you. You need to stay on the path and do the work and sending you our love. Hi, Rita. So I'm a member of AA. And about step 10, um, you know, remembering to breathe, pause, pray, and then yes, say I am disturbed. Um, And I'm just going to reiterate what Joe said, it's not going to the story. Um, I was a past participant in the workshop last year, got so much out of it that I came back this year. I've also audited Herb's um, classes. Telling the story is just repeating the disturbance and it's very addictive and it just escalates the drama. Um, In Indian uh, philosophy, it's called samskaras. It actually puts grooves in the brain and it keeps the stress hormones up. It keeps the adrenaline out. It feeds the fire. Um, It relives the past. So it uh, it becomes ingrained in the brain, as I said, embedded in the subconscious. So every time I tell that story, um, I'm re-traumatizing myself. So I, Joe, I love the picture of the path, you know, the grass. Um, And I remember last year as a personal example, I had a step guide and I called her and I so wanted to tell the story and she wouldn't let me. And I tried again and she wouldn't let me. And I was just bursting. I don't remember now what the story was. 
I don't, I just know I was really disturbed because I was right. I was right. And I, when I observed myself doing that, I went, wow, that's why we don't tell the story because it just keeps that volcano bubbling. Um, so just to step back and do the things we need to do. And um, yeah, it's really powerful. Step 10 is very powerful. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Rita. This is a special process. It takes time to learn and it takes time for that transformation, for a change of behavior. So don't uh, be hard on yourself. Just we show up. And when you're ready, like the lady Carolyn that was just talking, if you have leftover fourth steps that you haven't got to, let them go. Stop. You're now using them as a whip to, to hurt yourself. Stop. Self-love, the third step, having had a, what is the third step? Made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care. Do you have a caring God or do you have a God that whips you? Because you got to let go. You haven't done the work, then let it go. Let it go. And, it, and, and with love, let it go. You weren't ready. So love yourself, surround yourself in love, let it go, and we move on. Just put one foot in front of the other. When you're ready, it will come. Okay? When you're ready, it will come. Hi. Nancy Compulsive Overeater, um, recovered. And, okay, I, I'm the person who, who emailed you about the, what do you mean we don't talk about the thing? Because everything I've learned with all the people I've ever done 10 steps with and who've done 10 steps with me, they can take 10 minutes because it's a long, big thing. And, and it's, I'm wondering, what is the point of a 10 step? Yeah. What do you think from today's discussion? What do you well, think, Nancy? I, I also looked it up and it was like to it's maintain emotional sobriety and prevent the accumulation of resentments. And so I get that. But the question is, my thinking was that the point of a 10 step was to release the resentment, release the anger, release the fear, the frustration. I I don't know that I've, I rarely have 10 steps where I feel like I have to make an amends because it's mostly just stuff that's churning inside of me I totally get and I love not talking about it I think that's perfect however what about doing some of the other column work so that I'm looking at some of the maybe fourth step things the reasons my part and doing that but it doesn't sound like with the pray and ask you know it's like talk to somebody immediately it doesn't seem like in there there's any it's like you're just running through it but at the end of that when I finish a 10th step, I want to feel some sense of relief. And I don't know if I just do, you know, maybe there's relief just in praying. I mean, I have gotten relief before in just praying. Let me just come in for a little bit here. I want to feel relief, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone, if you've got a pen with you, write this down. We are feel good addicts. I'm sorry, everyone here in this room. I want to feel relief. Okay, that's great, but it's not helpful. Whatever we chase, we chase it away. So if you chase happiness, you chase that happiness away. If you're chasing relief, you're going to chase that relief away. We are feel-good addicts. We want to feel good. 
the uh, so that's interesting. But welcome to the rooms. We all want to feel relief. That's why we're here in the first mm -hmm. place. Okay, a tenth step is. I believe it's there to help us when our hands are shaking and our bodies are full of adrenaline, okay? In that moment, I need to pause, okay? I need to connect to that spirit somehow. I am not able to navigate the logical reasons of why I'm disturbed. So there's a confusion here of um, definition. If you've written, if you've got away from the event like that first lady that was sharing it was four months ago it's no longer a tenth step right. it's now an unresolved disturbance part of her fourth step that she'll she's being called upon to do her nightly review her 11th step is hey i'm still disturbed by that thing that happened four months ago a tenth step is in the moment and it's not about feeling good it's about mm -hmm. getting through that moment without disturbing other people, without creating harm. Because I'm like a volcano. We build up all this emotion and we vomit it out on someone. We will disturb the people around us. That's, that's just what happens. A tenth step helps me to pause, pray, tell someone, make amends if we've caused harm, uh, you know, uh, sorry, I wasn't, uh, I'm not able to listen right now. Can we have this conversation after dinner? I'll, I'll be a bit more able to concentrate on you after dinner. Now's not a good time. I'm feeling quite disturbed. And then you go to turn our thoughts to helping others. I'm going to go for a walk and you don't tell the person you're talking to, but you leave the room and you go for a walk and you collect rubbish. You pick up one bit of rubbish while you're walking or something. So you'd be of service. The 11th step, the nightly review, is a chance to look for resentment, fear, dishonesty, shame, our sex conduct, how am I behaving, write it up, and then discuss it in sponsorship. If an event happened at 11 a.m. and I'm still disturbed an hour later, that's probably still okay. But if I'm still disturbed the next day or the next month, if I have a memory and I go back and I remember something and it still upsets me, there's a problem. And um, and we do the step work to, to let it go. Uh, the main thing, I think what has happened in the rooms is therapy. So therapy is where you they get you to talk endlessly about that story. Just tell me your story. <laughs> And so we've got sponsors out there trying to be free therapy. Hey, just talk to me and you'll feel better. I, we don't feel better telling our stories again and again and again. It doesn't help. Oh. All we're doing is doing that path through the grass. Here, you want to hear how shitty my childhood was? Yeah, I'll tell you. You want to hear how rude those people were in that meeting? They were gossiping about me and you want to hear what they were doing that was wrong? I'm happy to tell you the story, okay? The real role is probably going to be something different and we have to resist telling the story and do some work and discuss in sponsorship. It's not that I don't tell anyone. I will talk in sponsorship to try to get clear on the path. Like what is my part of what went on? That's great. Thank you.
Hi, Joe. Um, I am, I've had numerous addictions and my main addiction is food and compulsive overeating. And I was able to release the food about five weeks ago. And I, I'm really neutral for today, but the shopping has kicked in and it's kicked in hard. And uh, it's really taken on a life of its own. I feel even though I'm working, the, using tools, going to meetings, calling, I feel like I'm white knuckling it. It feels like I'm coming off drugs sometimes. So uh, people suggested that I go to DA and work on that. I'm not in debt, but I am a shopaholic for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm starting that program. But I, what I wanted to ask you, I have, first of all, I have a tendency to go from person to person to ask, what should I do? And, and that's probably what I'm doing right now. But I really, I wish I could talk to her, but I can't. But I, I feel like I've got my hands in so many pots. I'm going to DA now. I got to get a sponsor. I still can't give up OA or I'll get right back in the food. I'm doing the workshop. I've got a small step group, a step sponsor at all the therapies. I was talking to someone in DA today and she said, I'm exhausted listening to you. You need to slow down and you're not even absorbing all of the things that you're learning. Just sit quiet and, and you find the things that make you joy. You're doing so much program stuff. So I need some direction because the shopping is a real problem and I can't neglect that that is straight on. I'm getting all kinds of advice. Do this, do that. Yeah. Help. Yeah. <laughs> give me, if, yes. if you could give some direction. Do you have a pen with you? Uh, yes. And anyone who identifies with Paula, do you have a pen with you? Take a pen. And we're gonna sit and this is the meditation. So to meditate is to think, okay? I want you to sit in an unanswered question. So the fact that you are chasing people to get advice tells me you want an answer. You're chasing an answer. So it's a step two question. Where's God? What's, what, is, what is God for Paula? Because it's not there. It's not in me. It's not in Herb. You said, I wish I could talk to Herb. So, so there is, you're looking for that sunlight of the spirit in people, in anyone. And I'm telling you, when you read the appendix number two, that sunlight of the spirit is inside Paula. And it is beautiful and quiet and whispers to you that inner resource. So to write down, we sit in the power of an unanswered question. So what you are doing is trying to answer the question. Your behavior tells you that you are not willing to sit in that power of an unanswered question. You're looking for a solution outside of yourself. So it is a step two question in terms of your where you are in your program right now today, it's step two. So your homework from Joe, if you choose to take it, is to sit in the power of an unanswered question and come back to us next week. And the question, what is that question? So. Maybe for you, it's a how, how am I going to live my life? I don't know. How am I going to get through the day? I'm not quite sure what the question will be. 
how to, it's not about the addictions. It's about what is the next loving thing for me to do, Paul, for Paula to do? Because it doesn't seem to me that you're doing it. Okay, that you're chasing something and I don't know that you're ever going to find it. So we sit in the power of an unanswered question. And and so come back next week and and next week maybe let us know where you come to. But for a whole week, your homework is not to answer it, just to sit in the discomfort of not knowing. That's hard, I can tell you. All right, I want to come to the next person. So welcome, wonderful question. Claire, welcome. Thank you. Um, thank you. I understand the process, the psychological process and of uh, identifying a feeling, you know, and object, being objective about it and not getting involved in the emotional part of it to just kind of label it and see it. And then my problem is since my husband has died, I live alone. I don't have any adult children live, living with me. I don't speak to my sponsors every day. I have people that I trust and that I will talk to, but telling somebody immediately is is really not reasonable for me. I've also learned to only tell people that I can trust and are able to listen and hear. So uh, is it all right to text maybe? Uh, yeah. I'm feeling, I mean, acknowledge it and maybe let someone know, but I don't need to hear their feedback. My relationship with my higher power is is enough for me right now that I don't, all these other voices that I've used in the past to try to get my solutions, I realized where I was looking in the wrong direction. I needed to be with my higher power. So that's okay. Yeah. Look for people you feel safe with. There's probably wonderful people in here that are very safe people, but I just don't know you that well. And maybe over time we get, that's why you do study groups so that you, right. you can get to know more people. But a safe person is someone who's not going to try and rescue you. Claire doesn't need me to rescue her. Whatever's going on in her life, that's her life. It's her journey. She doesn't need me to rescue her, but that doesn't mean she doesn't get disturbed. So Claire can send me a message and say, I am feeling really angry. And I just send a thumbs up, you know, I got your message. I hear you. Anyone who has worked with me, I often say, I hear you. That's all I say. I acknowledge that I've heard them. It's not good or it's not bad. It's just that I've heard you and you're on a journey and that's it. So it's often in this day and age, um, I do send text messages. It's it's whatever will work for you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joe, so much. I'm enjoying your workshop. It's just wonderful. And I want to thank you so much for those two um roles that are actually the reality of things when you do that third and fourth column of how I abandon. I like to, I'm going to start using that, how I am a woman who abandons herself and I'm a woman who puts herself in harm's way because I have a tendency, it really lifts me out of that victim martyr posture role, which is so uncomfortable. And all all that you, all your words today that you shared were so lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, uh, Joe. Thank you so much for that uh, that visual about the path. That really made the penny drop for me. And I just wanted to say simply that I'm going to get a sign and frame it. Please keep off the grass. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. That's fabulous. Francesca, welcome. Hi. Um, oh my gosh, yes. Please keep off the ground. Oh, that's so good. Anyways, I just wanted to say a few things that um, I've learned in past workshops has really helped me on these things. Well, one thing is um, I did the workshop, the first one in 2020, and did a study group. And me and that study group, we still meet every other week. We've discussed spiritual literature. We've done other 12-step work. We, we go through different it so is really um, powerful. I mean, it's been almost four years I've been meeting with these women. So super grateful for that. Um, also, this thing that I learned for about the 10-step um, thing um, is that, yeah, one, like, if I'm about to tell the story, it's like my heart starts pumping, like I'm re-experiencing it. And so when I just stop and I'm like, eh, you know, it, it's just, and that too, realizing it's actually pretty easy because people usually aren't like begging me to just talk for longer, you know, like they kind of want to talk or, or something, you know? And so it really is just, and then also like um, someone in one of the last workshops, when I was talking to her, she said too, like, if you do need to say something out loud, like logistically, like, oh, someone sent me this text and it's you know, logistically, it'd be helpful to read it out loud to say what happened, how it's super important to not put any tones to it. Because I'm like, well, it says and I, I start putting tones to it. It's just becomes this whole story. It's like, no, just read the information. Like what is what is the information that's being relayed? That's all you need to know. So that was really helpful too. that it says um, we resolutely turn our thoughts it doesn't say turn our actions. So just thinking about being of service to someone else helps. And um, I've had the first time I remember doing this and it was like a light bulb was like, I was in bed and I had a 10 step situation, just laying there all mad. And so I have found um, sending voice notes really helpful because just saying it out loud, sometimes I hear it and I'm like, oh, you know, or just, yeah, saying like, oh, I'm, I'm just disturbed and and then I'm not as disturbed, just saying it. So, or texting someone. Anyways, and then I was like, oh, tomorrow I can call my grandma. I was like, oh, I was like, I haven't donated any money to OA in a while. I can do that. Like, just thinking about doing stuff really, like, helped. So, um, those are things that I've learned in the past workshops that I just thought my, they were helpful to me. So, maybe they'll be helpful to someone else. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I think last week you may have talked about uh, being in a line and someone behind you may have been bumping you or something. And then you spoke to the cashier and said, I'm disturbed. I, I wonder why, um, if you can do it with some emotional sobriety, uh, why, why don't you turn around and say to the person, uh, you're, you're bumping me. You stop bumping me. You have you have to tell people how to treat you. Is, is that is that not a part of the recovery to to teach people how to treat you? How how's your? Let me ask you a question first. What's your fellowship, Sandra? Like where oh, where do you? I'm go? really sorry. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm I'm Sandra, and uh, I am in uh, food addicts in recovery anonymous. Yeah, so that so your program tells me a little bit about uh, about uh, how you're working your twelve steps. That's why I was asking you. So what you're doing there in the big book it says we have ceased fighting anyone or anything. 
we have ceased fighting and it seems to me what you're describing you got your boxing gloves on so then i'm asking what's your fellowship have you ever kind of thought about codependency or al-anon issues or not really well, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I, I need to have a certain level of emotional sobriety. And so I, I feel like when, when you are telling your truth, you don't do it in anger. Uh, you do it as a matter of fact, like, just like you told the cashier, I'm, I am really disturbed right now. So it, it is important not to um, be angry when you, um, uh, and, and I don't even like be confronting anybody. I'm not a, a, a confrontational type of person. And, and, and that's probably what my problem used to be is that I would just swallow it. But what I am now trying to do is to, to have a voice. I think someone else had mentioned mm -hmm. that, have a voice and speak my truth and, and do it in such a way that the anger, the emotion doesn't come out. So at the moment, we're practicing how to do a 10th step. So you haven't yet done, the people in the workshop haven't yet done the work of the third and fourth column to have a real, you just said, to speak my truth. At the moment, you're still on the grass path. You're still deep in story. So oh. your truth is going to be delusional. So you oh, might think it's you, you might think it's your truth, but it is delusional. And I'm gently telling people, until you've done the work, you might be out there hollering your truth and speak louder than other people, and it might be righteous and it might be seem logical. But until you've done the work of that third and fourth column and had some shared it with yourself, your spirit guide, and your sponsor and sat in silence and, and had some peace with it, you don't, we don't really know what that truth is. It's, it's interesting when people say to speak my truth, we don't know what that is. And so at the more, at this point in the workshop, we were workshop number four last week. Don't tell people what you think the truth is. Cause we don't know what it is yet. Uh, you know, it's just the fact that we're only on workshop number four. Uh, the other thing is that we want to be less confrontational. It's not helpful. When I confront people, even in a, like, go through life teaching everyone, I will go through life teaching people how to be better mannered. It's not helpful. Even if I had known that man was getting in my space, he might have had mental disability. Like he was odd. Me telling him and confronting him, it is not helpful. So yeah, no, most cases I I we have ceased fighting anyone or anything. So it's just interesting. And I'm not saying don't protest. I do I do support finding your voice and protesting with guidance. Just most cases, it's better not to do it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Thank but you. I'm not, I mean, just sit in consideration. It's a really good point. So, um, my name is Emmanuel. I'm a food addict. Uh, so I'm in FA and I'm a debtor. So I'm in DA. And I, I, uh, I uh, miserably failed my, my 10 step practice this week. I, I had one opportunity to, 
to do one and I got immediately absorbed by my emotions. Like there was no like, you know, my dad came in my house. I was hungry. I am menopausal. I could kill somebody right now. And he came in and made me mad immediately. I immediately, like I right away went to my head. There was no praying, no talking to anybody, no nothing. So that was my step 10. <laughs> so we just practice how to do a 10th step. You just keep practicing. So have you got a big book with you? Yep. Open your big book to page 118. Everyone, open your big book, page 118. In the big book, on this page, they show you how to do a 10th step. They show you. Okay, so let's all open our books. Emmanuel, if you could read that paragraph. We're, we're coming in the middle of the story. So it's talking about the family afterwards, and you have a husband and wife, and they're having an argument, and they're getting angry, right? They're getting mad at each other. And then it says, I'm sorry I got disturbed. Can we talk about this later? That's a 10th step. So have a look. Read the paragraph and see if you can find how they're using a 10th step. Have a look. Ha read the paragraph for us, will you? Where it starts with you and your husband? Yeah, page 118. I haven't. I think it says, what's it start with? You and your husband. That's you it. Your husband will find that you can dispose of serious problems easier than you can the, tri tri the trivial ones. Next time you and he have a heated discussion, no matter what the subject, it should be the privilege of either to smile and say, this is getting serious. I'm sorry I got disturbed. Let's talk about it later. If your husband is trying to live on a spiritual basis, it will also be doing everything in his power to avoid disagreement, disagreement or contention. Sorry. So you go back to your example. So you said your dad came in, you weren't feeling physically well. He did something that you didn't like? I was really hungry. He came right at lunchtime unannounced to install install a plug. And um, I have a, like a, almost an allergy to my dad. That's, that's about yeah, yeah. mine. When we get to step one, I will ask you to look at the things in your life where you recognize powerlessness. So I'm powerless over how I respond to my dad. Mm -hmm and see what happens. It's amazing. Okay. But go back to the 10th step. So look at that paragraph there. It's a, it's amazing. When I started using this paragraph, I use it with my kids. I use it with my partner. I use it with people. It's amazing. Look at the words. Um, this is getting serious. I'm sorry I got disturbed. I add I personally also say this is important to talk about. I want them to know that they are important. You are important. But I'm not able to talk about it now. Can we make a time to talk about it? Now, notice how it says no matter the story. Do you see that? Underline it. I've, I can't see it at the moment. No matter the subject, it says, no matter what the subject that is telling you, stop telling the story. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what the story is, no matter the subject. When we start getting disturbed, we need to do this 10th step. So with your, your dad, just keep practicing. Just keep practicing, uh, breathing in. So pause, pray, tell him, hey, but like they did just here, say, uh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm disturbed right now. 
Like I'm, 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 ha I haven't had lunch yet. I need to eat. You know, I, I can't talk about this right now. Would you like a cup of tea? I don't know. Leave the room and you leave the room. You will just negotiate with yourself and your sponsor, role play and get some phrases that are going to work for you with him. So you just practice but you've identified he is someone that you need to practice how to do a 10th step. I had to practice with my kids how to negotiate, how to figure out how to communicate a 10th step to a five-year-old. Right? They, How do you do that? Uh, it's hard, but I still got to do it. So I'm sorry I got disturbed. Can we talk about this after dinner? Tracy compulsive overeater um, I have a couple of things and um, I just feel like I suppose that first of all the the way you're talking about the 10th step is oversimplifying it so has yep, has yep. when's the last time you did a 10th step Tracy have you done one recently a couple of days ago a couple um, of days yep. ago yeah yep. have you got the writing in front of you I can bring it up no, don't, it's okay. It's okay. It was, it's a trick question because um, <laughs> there's no writing on a 10th step. It was a trick question. So um, I saw you going to the writing. But um, so who was disturbing you? What was happening? Tell me the context. Okay. So um, it was my sister and um, I was disturbed by um, the fact that she is uh, supporting my other sister. Yep. So she's emailing you and she's doing some things that are riling you up, yeah? Uh, no, it's just um, what she actually is, not not what she's saying as such. The, how did you know that she was supporting your sister? She sent a text message? No, it was a conversation that I'd had previously with her. And so so when did you have the conversation with her? Oh, well, it was kind of about a week or more than that um before so, but so many so a week so the reason I'm cutting you off is because just look at it your sister did something a week or two ago right yep and yet yesterday or the day before you suddenly had to do a 10th step on it yeah well I guess um because I didn't process it well at the time yeah well and I agree and we do need to yeah. work through it so you were asking questions about resentment. You were asking yep. questions about, so what you're doing is a fourth step. Oh, okay. You, you're doing a fourth step. You're doing maybe a mini fourth. There's many ways of doing a fourth step. Do you know, Tracy, in those old days, and I'll, I'll finish with this, in those old days, and I would love to do this. I, I mean, this is what I would do. This is what I do with my sponsees is I meet them. In one conversation, I've covered steps one, two, and three. Are you powerless? Tracy, are you powerless over your sister? Yes. Yes. Do you have mm -hmm. hope? Do you see hope in these rooms that somehow you might kind of manage to to let it go, to let the 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 sadness go around your sister? Do you have hope that in these rooms with these steps you might manage to let go of that sadness that I know you have? Do you have that I would hope? Love to. Yeah, so that's hope. That's step two, that hope of something different, okay? 
And it's not the hope that your sister's going to be any different. It's the hope that I'm going to let go of the grief and the sadness and the, it bothers me. She bothers me. And I want to have hope that I can let go of that, that she bothers me. Mm -hmm. So that that's step two. So are you powerless? And Tracy said, yes. Do you have hope? Do you see hope? And then the third part, are you willing? What is it? Made a decision to turn your will in your life. Have you, have you done? That's what I say for step three when then you, are you done? Are you are you ready to try something different? And Tracy says, yes, that's why she's in a meeting. Of course, <laughs> right? She's going to try something different. She's going to listen to Joe. It's like Joe's a pain in the ass. Tracy's being really brave and she's showing up and she's asking questions. Good on you, right? Thank you. So that's steps one, two, and three. You've done them. And what did that take? One minute, two minutes? Now I move her into step four straight away. I say, hey, and I would get you doing extended column work because you've got some deep issues, Tracy, and you need to do a step four. And I would get you doing column three and four. The heart of the work is the fourth mm -hmm. step. So that's what you're talking about. A tenth step is not meant to be the work. It's just meant to get you through the day without um you know, killing people. It's like how to get through the day without creating more harm. So uh, a 10th step in the big book is just what we read on page 118. I'm sorry I got disturbed. Okay. But we do need to do more work. And that's what Tracy's talking about. She's 100% right. We do need to do more work. And so come on the 24th and I'll talk about that work. All right. Thank you, Tracy. We'll keep moving. Thanks, Joe. Um, oh, you're so welcome. I want to finish with the story. This story here, and I'm not quite sure what it's called. It's had different names. This story has been around for about two over 2,000 years. And it's about an old man and his son. And his son is working this farm. And the farm, uh, so the son is working the farm. And the old man, everyone says, it's so good because you have your son who can work on the farm. And the old man says, we'll see. Has anyone heard this story before? It's this beautiful ancient story, and I know I'm not going to say it right, so I'm practicing on you, and maybe eventually I'll say it in a more clear way. But the old man says, we will see, and the villagers say it is so good. That's what you want to pay attention to. So next up what happens is they have a horse that works on the farm, and the horse runs away, and the villagers say, that's terrible, that's terrible. And the old man says, we will see. And then the horse comes back and it's now it's brought this whole herd of horses with it. Like it's it's a stallion or whatever it is and it's brought this, whatever happens, they now have a lot more horses. And everyone says, that's wonderful, that's wonderful. The villagers say that. And the old man says, we will see. The story, the what the pattern is to stop judging our lives. We just show up and we do the best we can. The story continues that the, the young man is working in the farm and he breaks his leg. He has a fall from the horse and he breaks his leg. And the villagers say, that's terrible. That's terrible. And the old man says, we will see. And then war breaks out and the army come and they take every able-bodied man but they didn't take his son because his leg was broken. And the villagers say, that's wonderful. And the old man says, we will see. We keep being villagers, judging everything and going from one to the other, from one to the other. 
We want to try to be more like that old man and just live in the moment and show up. We will see. This is a 24-hour program. We show up one day at a time. Please join me for the closing prayer. So closing the meeting with the uh, serenity prayer. Thank you so much. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. 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 Th